Hi again, uh, this is Bren White, and uh, this is the GROW class uh, for um, um, this quarter. And um, we are in Lesson 9, Elders Caring for God's Church. Uh, if you're looking at the PDF, um, that's what it says. That's where we're at. Uh, there are scriptures starting in Acts that we'll be looking at together and uh, we'll make our way through, but uh, first I just want to uh, share a couple of uh, comments and some information about uh, the role of elders uh, in the New Testament church. Um, you may have heard or noticed um, that um, other church groups, uh, denominations, um, uh, have various uh, titles um, and uh, some uh, churches don't have elders. They just have a quote-unquote pastor. And I need to uh, clarify some things about that. Uh, that's not the system that was put into place by the um, apostles of Jesus Christ in the first century. Um, there's all kinds of reasons historically for what happened in the Catholic Church, uh, the Orthodox Church, and then... Uh, subsequent uh, denominations and um, heretical groups. Um, but uh, we are concerned about doing what's in the New Testament text, uh, as always, and so that's what we're going to focus on. Um, there are only three Koine Greek words used, and they're used interchangeably in the New Testament text by the apostles uh, for elders, the role of an elder. And those words are presbyteros, which uh, get the, uh, the word uh, uh, presbytery, uh, presbyterian. <laughs> um, the word just means old, someone who is uh, aged, uh, old enough to have eye problems. Um, and... Um, the uh, other word uh, that's often used is episkopoi, which is the plural of episkopos, uh, which is Episcopalians used, and uh, it just means overseers. Uh, episkopoi is just overseers, people who are overseeing things. That's what elders do. And the third one is poimen. Poimen, uh, it means a shepherd. Um, many times translated pastor. Um, that has to do with linguistics more than anything, but it means shepherd, someone who is working in the pasture. Poimen. Uh, and um, so all three of these words are used interchangeably. They are not different roles, uh, as uh, some denominations and the Catholic Church have um, chosen uh, to, um, uh, to operate on. Um, they're just um, the men who were appointed by the Apostle Paul and Barnabas and by Timothy and Titus, two evangelists, uh, who were commanded to appoint elders in all the churches where they were at in that region, uh, both regions. And um, so the apostles uh, were the ones who appointed these elders, and it was a group of men 
who were to oversee and shepherd, spiritually shepherd and protect the flock, nurture and protect the flock um, of God's people. This is indeed what the New Testament teaches, and um, we can tell it from the text, uh, starting with Acts, um, where there is uh, obviously a record of what took place initially uh, with regard to all of this uh, among the apostles and the first uh, churches. So, if you would, um, n- note there um, in the first uh, paragraph uh, that uh, Acts chapter 11 uh, is the first scripture, and... Um, uh, that we're going to talk about here, and I want to um, just momentarily uh, get you to uh, to focus really on on the whole end portion of chapter eleven. Um, and in fact, I'm going to uh, start with verse uh, nineteen rather than twenty seven, and go all the way to the end of the chapter. So, read with me, uh, chapter 11 of Acts, uh, verse 19. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to Gentiles uh, about the Lord Jesus. Verse 21, The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. Uh, So this is the way it all started. Verse 22, When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Uh, When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. So he saw it with his own eyes, uh, the love of God at work, the Holy Spirit of God uh, at work, uh, changing lives completely. Um, And these people were um, serving the sovereign Lord and there was great joy, and in particular, in Barnabas's heart. Uh, this is the way the church of Christ started out, filled with joy and great encouragement. Verse 24, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Now, notice the things that are, are being linked here in terms of Uh, The power of the Lord was with them. Large numbers responded. Uh, There was joy. Barnabas was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. Uh, He was timid in no way. And then Barnabas, um, a lot of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year teaching large crowds. Okay, that's, that's, that would have been great to see. Um, it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. 
During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. So we see the the starting place. We see the linkages of these uh, churches outside of Jerusalem. Uh, We get some explanation about how they came about with the scattering of the Jews and then uh, some starting of preaching to the Gentiles. Um, uh, Before uh, Paul uh, gets uh, totally uh, up and running. So uh, this is very interesting. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, it was Saul and Barnabas, uh, uh, taking this money to the elders uh, in the church in Jerusalem. So you you can tell that they're overseeing things, uh, important things, uh, just in that one last passage. Um, let's take a look at uh, Acts 14 and uh, verse 19 through 23. 14, 19 through 23. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. This is one of the things Paul talks about later. Um, And he lists in his uh, long list. um, But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into town. Uh, the believers were circling around him to protect him and to help him uh, get out of harm's way. They had faith and courage. Um, and the next day, um, he left with Barnabas uh, for Derby. Um, and uh, continue on there, verse 21. After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, underline it, many followers in Derby, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They, content, they encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Not an easy thing. 23, Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. With prayer and fasting, they um, turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they put their trust. Then they traveled back through Pisidia to Pamphylia. They preached the word in Perga, then went down to Italia. Um. Okay, There's, this is all very interesting and instructive. Um, uh, Paul and Barnabas are appointing elders in every church. There was no voting system or anything else. They were appointed by the apostles. And then, uh, as we see in Timothy and Titus, uh, uh, we see that uh, the apostles commanded those evangelists to do the same, to appoint elders in those churches. So, 
That's all that is found in the text about uh, the, the appointing of elders. Um, take a look at uh, the last little bit there, uh, verse 26 uh, to the end. Finally, they returned by ship to Antioch of Syria, where their journey had begun. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had now completed. So that, that was the way it was supposed to work. It happened exactly right. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. So now it's open big time. And they stayed there with the believers for a long time. So they were sent uh, from Antioch. Uh, upon arriving there, they called the church together uh, and reported uh, on what God was doing. All uh, important and interesting facts from the New Testament. Um, take a look now at Acts chapter 20. Uh, this is important because this is the way New Testament churches are to operate. Uh, this is the only basis uh, that we have uh, for the way we operate as congregations of the Lord. Um, Acts 20, verse 28. Um, so guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock. Um, this okay. So this is this is what is being told. Uh, Paul meeting with the Ephesian elders, uh, and he had uh, he developed a very strong relationship with them. Uh, you might notice um, that uh, earlier on in this same chapter. Uh, verse 16, Paul had decided to sell on past Ephesus for he didn't want to spend any more time in the province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem, if possible, in time for the festival of Pentecost. But when he landed at Miletus, he sent a message to the elders at the church at Ephesus asking them to come and meet him. When they arrived, he declared, You know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had a message for the Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so he's talking to these elders. Um, he's he's uh, telling them to guard yourselves and, and God's people, feed and shepherd God's flock, his church purchased with his own blood. This is verse 28 of 20. Over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. Um, he says, I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from our own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and my many tears for you. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace 
and that is able that which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Um, so uh, at the very end, it says, uh, when he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them. Uh, the Apostle Paul praying with the elders. They all cried as they embraced and kissed him goodbye. They were sad, most of all, because he said that they would never see him again. Then he escorted, uh, they escorted him down to the ship. There was a real closeness, a frankness, um, a clarity, uh, but a, a tremendous uh, closeness and, and even emotional and spiritual bond. Uh, they knelt and prayed together. They cried and embraced and kissed him goodbye. Uh, no social distancing. Um, Acts 20, this is the word of God. And then Acts 21, verse 17. 17. When we arrived, the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem welcomed us warmly. The next day, Paul went with us to meet with James and all the elders of Jerusalem. The Jerusalem church were present. Uh, so there were probably quite a few since it was a big city and uh, there were probably multiple congregations. After greeting them, Paul gave a detailed account of the things God had accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry. So, elders gathering together. And what are they talking about? They're talking about the mission of God, what God is accomplishing to expand his kingdom, uh, not about other things. Um, again, all very important uh, for us as we want to hold uh, to what is in the New Testament text as our example for everything, basing it on what Jesus and the apostles teach and nothing else. Um, Okay, take a look, if you would, with me. Uh, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. If you can flip over there. And you probably know this passage uh, quite well. Um, but let's look at 11 through 16. Uh, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, and this is the word uh, uh, poimen, um, shepherds, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so that's, that's what I do full-time constantly. And um, the, um, the apostles were doing that, the evangelists were doing that, uh, the shepherds uh, and teachers were doing that for each of these congregations. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, this is just... This is massive. <laughs> uh, this is so massive, what is being said here uh, in that passage. 
Um, okay, take a look at James chapter 5. We'll look at a few more passages here. James chapter 5, and, and then we'll, we'll look at uh, Paul's letters uh, to Timothy and Titus. 5.13 um, talks about another thing elders do, and um, it's more praying, for one thing, just like we read in Acts. But um, it says, uh, Are any of you suffering hardships? That applies right now. You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well, and if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Uh, this is very specific from James. Um, okay, take a look now at uh, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. Uh, we'll look at uh, two more passages after this, and then I think we'll have a good um, picture of what uh, elders are to do to care for the flock. Um, 1 Timothy 3, uh, 1 through 7. There's a trustworthy saying, if someone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable role. It's, it's not a position. It's not a title. It is a role. Um, so an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach. I don't think we know what that means. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? An elder must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. And then he goes on to speak about deacons. Um, turn now to Titus chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. 5 through 9. I left you on the island of Crete, this is Paul to Titus, so you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. So he and Timothy both instructed to appoint elders in every town. Verse 6, an elder must live a blameless life. 
Uh, tall order. Tall order. But that's what the Word of God says. He must be faithful to his wife, and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. An elder is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. Second time. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must love what is good. He's fixated on what is good. He rejoices in what is good constantly, um, not evil. He does not go along with evil. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. Uh, this is the Word of God. Um, finally, let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 5 to end out. 1 Peter chapter 5. And the Apostle Peter uh, is telling us some important things, just like Paul uh, just did. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world as a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example and when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you, uh, and all of you serve each other in humility, for God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. This is still, this is still talking to the elders. Stay alert. Uh, so be humble. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world, uh, what they're going through, they're going through the same kind of suffering you are. Uh, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. 
All power to him forever. Amen. And he goes on to stay, 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 uh, stand firm uh, in his grace. Greet each other with Christian love. Peace be with all of you who are in Christ. Uh, this is uh, Peter. Um, uh, and um, it helps us in our understanding, I think, of... Um, the role of shepherds, of uh, elders uh, in the churches. Uh, and um, all of that, I think, helps us to be anchored in the truth of God's Word and to better understand uh, elders caring for God's church. Uh, be praying for our elders at all times. Lift them up uh, with thankfulness. Uh, lift them up, uh, they and their wives and their families, every day. And um, uh, ask God to strengthen them and give them wisdom as well and uh, to guide them as, as uh, they guide you. Um, let's, um, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all you have done for us in Christ Jesus. Thank you for also providing uh, shepherds, uh, Father, uh, to, uh, to follow the, the, the good shepherd to uh, to help in that process of protecting us and nurturing us spiritually and uh, ensuring that the right kind of equipping and maturing is happening spiritually in the body. Uh, Father, thank you for all of these specific um, guidances, uh, things that help us from the apostles' teaching, and uh, we just praise you for how you've gone about this and the clarity of how you went about uh, gathering your people together, how you um, started uh, the church that belongs to your son, and uh, how you built it. Uh, Father, we praise you for this most awesome uh, reality that is in Christ Jesus. We praise you for who he is and all he has done and all he is doing right now by um, his great power. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.